Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Here's how to do Christianity right. Abide in Christ. And he'll abide in you. Just rest in him. The call is from Jesus. He invites you. He invites you to come to him, all you who are weary and heavy laden. (laughs) I'll give you rest, Jesus said. A rest for your soul. This is amazing grace. From our smartphone calendars to sticky notes on the fridge, we create reminders because we're prone to forget. Well, today on Abounding Grace, the Apostle Peter emphasizes the importance of reminders, especially during difficult times. He's near death, and it's interesting that he choose to speak about reminders at a time like this. Pastor Ed Taylor takes us now to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 21. Just launching off into a verse-by-verse study in 2 Peter, we're going to pick up where we left off in verse 12 in a Bible study that I've entitled, Remembering and Relying Upon God's Word. Remembering and Relying Upon His Word. It's easy to forget that the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. It's not gloomy news. It's not boring news. It's good. It's great. It's wonderful. And it's awesome. The gospel of Jesus Christ will release a man and release a woman from the burden of sin. It removes us from the penalty. It removes from us the penalty of sin. And according to Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Paul the apostle declared, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. What that means is today, right now in this moment, by placing your faith in Jesus Christ, a person can have life filled with abundance, a life that pleases God, that honors God, that brings glory to their creator. It means today, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, your sins, not their sins, not a world's sins, but your sins can be forgiven. Your life can be put on track. Purpose can be renewed and refreshed. You too can be delivered from the bondage and the trap and the addiction of sin. We can have the power of the Holy Spirit to live for God, to obey God, to face anything that comes our way, to to endure to bear up under the load of difficulty, to make progress with our families. I mean, God wants to transform your life. He wants to transform your family. He he desires, and I found this to be true, God desires more for you than you even desire for yourself. Why? Because of the gospel, the declaration that God loves you. Jesus put it best, didn't he? In John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. I, I know it feels heavy as you begin to consider your own life. I know the word sin feels heavy. As you consider, you go, wait, man, I, I, don't, I know I've made some mistakes in life, but a sinner? I mean, that's kind of heavy. That, that seems really judgmental. It seems very loveless. Or even there will be those that hear the word sin from a pastor, from a preacher, from a Christian and say, you know, that's just hate. You're lobbing on to me hate as I choose to live my life the way I have the choice to live my life any way I want. Let me just affirm that in your life. You're listening to me right now. You have been given the tremendous choice and privilege to live the life that God has given you any way that you want. You're right. Forgive us if we've ever gotten in your face and said, oh, no, you can't live that way. No, you can live that way. But would you trust us that there's a right way to live and a wrong way to live? Would you just trust some of us that have gone down a path living the way that we wanted to live, making the choices that we wanted to make, doing things our own way, living in a life where you're going with, you know, take it from me personally, not just us, just me. Take it from me. A man that chose to live his life contrary to every good person in my life. All their advice, I didn't take it. All their warnings, I wasn't interested. Oh yeah, and the occasional pastor or preacher that came into my life, I just thought it was a bunch of nonsense. That wasn't for me. You know, religion was for really bad people, and I didn't think I was really that bad, outwardly. But you know, I lived with this inward sense that I was really bad. I knew me. I knew more about me than most people. They only experienced the outward part of me. They only experienced the pain that I might have brought into their life or the things I might have said to them or how I made fun of them or how I stole from them or how I hurt them or was critical or any of the types of behavior that came from my life because I was doing it my way. I was living according to the way I wanted to. But there was just a line of hurt, broken people in front of me, behind me, to the side, including me. And so it's true. You can live your life however you want to live your life. It's a tremendous privilege that's been given to you. The problem is, is that you can't choose the wrong way to live your life. A life of pain and problems and difficulty. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. You know, there is that sense, isn't there? When you begin to think about your life, that you sense that there's more to this world than what you're experiencing. It's what drives everyone to want a career and make a name for themselves. It's what fuels our celebrity culture. There's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. And then when you're living a life that kind of serves yourself and only does, and you're like, like for lack of a better term, you're like a god unto yourself, little g, Then you have an internal conflict. There's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. And so you run after money. And then you get all the money you ever wanted. And you're like, nah, this is not fulfilling. And you run after fame in whatever context. You don't have to be a Hollywood movie star. You can just be famous on your block. You can be famous in your high school. You can be famous on a college team. You can be famous to a group of people that really gives you a sense of, look at me. They know me. But then once you get famous, you find out, oh, you know what? People are very fickle. You're only popular when you're popular, you know, and then someone new comes on and there's a new news cycle and there's a new thing. There's always someone new. There's always something new. There's always a new person. And then you go after relationships. You know, if I just get married, you know, if I just get married, that'll solve until you get married and you find out marriages work and it's hard and it's challenging. 
And so, you know, it wasn't, I, I didn't write her the right person. That was my problem. So move on to the next one, move on to the next one, move on to the next. And there's just a, a, a wasteful life. Why? Because you chose to live it your own way. There's a wrong way to live your life and there's a right way. And you may ask, well, what authority do you say, Ed? What authority do you have, pastor, of what's right and wrong? Well, the authority of God's word. God's word has outlived all of its critics. It's outlived all the philosophers that said it wasn't true. It's outlived all those that have tried to, dis to destroy it, try to minimize it, try to edit it. The word of God, the gospel, will change your life. As you receive it and you turn away from living life your own way. You know, Jesus said, and I'm sure in your observations, you've seen this to be true. Jesus said that there was a wide road, a wide road and a narrow one. There's a wide gate and a narrow gate. He says in the, in the wide road, the wide gate is filled with everybody doing their own thing. But narrow is the way. It's, it's very few that turn their life toward Jesus Christ. And before we leave today, you that are listening to me right now can turn away from the life you've been living. That really is the answer to all your questions. I don't know what all is going on in your life. I don't know what needs to be repaired. I don't know what changes need to be made, what relationships need to be reconciled. I, I don't know any of that. But I do know this. If you turn your life away from your sinful past and your sinful patterns today, you will receive and experience the love of God that will transform your life. The transformation internally happens immediately, but then the rest of your life will be changed. You'll look back at one point in your life and you go, man, that used to be me, but it's not anymore because of the love of God. Peter, this guy Peter experienced this. Not only do you experience it from an unbeliever to a new believer to a born-again believer, but he also experienced as a follower of Christ, he failed greatly. And what was it that turned Peter back but the love of God, the sure and steady? You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for unbelievers. The gospel of Jesus Christ is something that was ongoing in our lives. The good news that God still loves you. Imagine that. He still loves you. That that love hasn't stopped because you failed or you haven't measured up to some, some ideal that you've had or, or some, you were at some church and said, live like this, 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 and this. And you're like, man, I can't, even, I can't even do number one, let alone number 10. And so I must be a bad Christian. I must not be doing it right. And let me just say, if you ever think I must not be doing it right, it's probably true. Because let me help you in doing it right. You ready? Here it is. You might want to write this down. Here's how to do Christianity right. Abide in Christ, and he'll abide in you. Just rest in him. The call is from Jesus. He invites you. He invites you to come to him, all you who are weary and heavy laden. <laughs> I'll give you rest, Jesus said. A rest for your soul. Peter experienced the rest for his soul even after great failure. I want you to notice in verse 12, for this reason, Peter said, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know 
and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it's right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I'll be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Peter was a fisherman, a rough and tumble, blue collar worker, and listened to him as a teacher. He's a teacher. And in the midst of great difficulties, it's just easy to forget the basics. It's easy to forget the basics of knowing and relating and abiding in Christ. And as any good teacher would do, Peter uses repetition to get his point across. He says he'll remind us of these things. He says that he'll stir us up by way of reminder. And he says that even after he dies, he's going to make sure he writes it down before he dies so that after he dies, you'll always remember these things. And this little section of scripture has come to pass because Peter's in the presence of the Lord right now and we are still being reminded by him about these glorious things, about what he wrote beforehand in the first part of the chapter, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue and knowledge and self-control as we studied last time. That he says in verse 10, remember, be more diligent to make your calling and election sure. Know that you know you're a believer. Repeat it to yourself. Live it out in your life. Because when you live this way, you're not going to stumble. When you live this way, you're not going to veer off into a lifestyle of sin. When you live this way, you won't go backwards. And an entrance will be supplied to, he says, abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. And it's because of this reason I'm, I'm going to keep telling you. I'm going to keep telling you. He says, I know you know this stuff, but I want you to understand it. I want you to remember it. I want you to live it. And I want you to pass it on. And might I say moms and dads, teachers, leaders, pastors, this is a great model to follow in your own life. Anyone that wants to be used in service of the Lord, this is important to know. A key in ministry is to continually remind people of things they already know. And it can be uncomfortable at times. There are those that will come to a congregation like this that we teach through the Bible and, you know, in a real simple way. And, and they'll go, you know what, Pastor, uh, we, we, we're going to another church because we want the meat. You know, you're just, you're, you're too simple. You're not giving me the meat. And I go, really? Well, what does meat mean to you? Well, you know, you need to throw this word out. And, you know, like there's this sense of, man, simple is too simple for me. But I found over the years that those that think things are too simple have a really messed up life. And they're covering their life because they, well, you know, I'm going to be a student because knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. I mean, if you want to master in anything, master in the agape love of God. Master in serving people in the love that God has shown to you. And don't be afraid to go, I've heard that before. Yeah, that's a good, that's a compliment. You might mean, oh yeah, you know, you're just saying the same thing over and over again. Thank you. Thank you. That's true. It, it is the same thing over and over again. You know, God, he wants you to understand is, is sovereign and as glorious and as awesome and, and as powerful as he is, he's made things simple for you. He's made things simple for me. 
how we can relate to a transcendent God, that he would come to our level. I was just reading, let me read it to you. Would you go over to Philippians? I was just been meditating on this, uh, and I read it again this morning uh, in Philippians chapter 2. It's, this is amazing. These are amazing truths of how much God loves us and how much he cares for us. Notice back in Philippians chapter 2. Consider this. Consider it again. If you haven't lately. It says, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ. This is chapter 2 verse 1. If there's any comfort of love. If there's any fellowship of the spirit. If there's any affection and mercy. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind, and this is really, look at verse five. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'll tell you why I was drawn to this this morning is because recently someone was talking to me about my reputation and that if I have certain friendships in my life, it might stain my reputation. And my heart in response was, you know, this guilt by association was something that happened with Jesus too. Jesus was known to hang out with people that other people didn't hang out with. He expressed love to people that other people turned away from. And I just, that word reputation was stuck in my mind. And I think that word is in the New King James. And so this morning, I opened up to this section. And now, even more so, the Lord's going, Ed, there's a part of you. You need to make yourself of no reputation. You you need to choose in your own life and lifestyle, not only not to worry about your reputation, but to make yourself of no reputation. That's a high call. Because I think we all care about what people think about us to some degree or another. I know I do. I think we all care to some degree about what our reputation is. I think we all care to some degree what people think. But but Jesus, Paul's saying, look, you want to really have freedom in life? Make yourself of no reputation. I mean, that's a powerful, Lord, make us. Let this, and then it starts out with let this mind be in you. And it's like you have to invite the mind of Christ. I mean, we have the mind of Christ, but then you're like, no, let it occur in you. Let it happen in you. Let it be. I can can just hear Jesus. You just follow me. You know, if the world hated me, it's going to hate you. The world misunderstands me. It'll misunderstand you. And just make yourself of no reputation. It's simplicity that needs to be repeated. Simplicity. Let's master in the simple things. You know, Dr. Karl Barth was one of the most brilliant Christian intellectuals of the 20th century. 
And he wrote volume after volume after volume. People are still studying Barth today in seminaries around the world. And a reporter was interviewing him once and asked him this question. They asked him if he could summarize what he had written. You know, if, if in everything that he had ever written, could he, give us, could, could he give just a summary of what he wanted to get across? And he answered this, and I quote, he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, end quote. That was the end of this smart man's life. When he summed it all up, he goes, you know what? Jesus loves me. I know it because I know the word. And because our minds are so human, so weak, so frail, aging with every moment, we have a tendency to forget the simple things. We have a tendency to forget. And so what does the Lord do? He repeats over and over again. It's important that we say the same things over and over again. That's what the word meditate means. I know meditation gets confused in the world today because the world's way of talking about meditation is to empty yourself, empty yourself, empty yourself, and fill yourself with the universe. But that's not biblical meditation. Me biblical meditation is to fill yourself with the word of God and repeat it over and over and over again. It, it has the idea of, uh, of the picture of chewing the cud where you would take it in, like an animal would take it in, chew it, swallow it, bring it back up, chew it, swallow it, bring it back to get every single ounce of nutrients that you could possibly get. We're so forgetful, and God knows that. So he gives us needed reminders. We've got the rest of this message for you tomorrow on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor's message is titled, Remembering and Relying Upon His Word. Catch a replay when you visit AboundingGraceRadio.com. If you haven't already downloaded the free app, simply search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. We also have a podcast. Here in the month of February, we've picked out an excellent book written by Catherine McDougall titled Ebenezer Stones. You'll see how just an ordinary stone can remind you of our extraordinary God. As you read Ebenezer Stones, you'll be taken on a journey through the many ways that God is faithful in our lives, from bringing us into a relationship with Him to changing us from the inside out, providing for and guiding us and protecting us, too. Read all about it in Ebenezer Stones, and we'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. Request your book today by calling us toll-free 877-30-GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. You can also make your request at calvaryco.store on the web. Pastor Ed, these words in First and Second Peter seem so apropos for days like these. I was wondering if God put it upon your heart to deliver this at such a time like this. Well, you know, Larry, my heart in teaching, whatever you hear on Abounding Grace is from my heart in ministering to the flock here in Aurora, Colorado, to our church, Calvary Church. And then those messages I also have in mind that I'm teaching a radio audience, that I'm teaching those that are online, YouTube and live stream and all of that. I recognize that. But these messages come from my pastoral ministry uh, over the flock here. And then, of course, it gets expanded as the radio goes out. But my heart was to prepare our church 
for all that's going on, not to get caught up in all sorts of things that would distract us from the gospel, but to stay singularly focused on what God has for us in loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbors, ourselves. And Peter, of course, First Peter, Second Peter, as you've been studying with us, Peter's writing to people that are under living under worse conditions than we are, like many in the world today, living under such great, horrific conditions. Sure, things have changed in our country. Things are changing. Things are changing globally. Prophetic word is coming to pass, a one-world government, one-world leader, one-world currency, uh, a, a wholesale rejection of God being replaced with a false spirituality, on and on the list goes, of course. But how should we live in these days? How should we do business in these days? What is God's call upon our life? And Jesus sent us to spend our time on that which is eternal. What's eternal? The souls of men and the word of God. And that's where our energies should be spent. And I pray that God would use you greatly in these last days, as I know he is. We'll get right back into our study of Second Peter tomorrow on Abounding Grace. Be encouraged to rely upon God's word as you join us then. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. 